When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at How Stuff Works. And with me, as always, Dependable Ben. Oh, Dependable Ben. Yeah, yeah I got an here. adjective. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I do show up because I'm, I'm supposed to. So it's, it's work, but it's fun. It is work, but it's fun. Yeah. And, you know, every once in a while, um, we come up against some stuff. Uh, you know, of course, I'm biased because we're on the show together. Mm-hmm. But I think most of the stuff we cover is, is very interesting. And every once in a while, we come up on a topic like this, which might actually be crucial information. Crucial? Well, what is it? What well, are you talk about? We're talking about car survival kits. Fantastic. That's good because that's what I have all my notes prepared for is car survival kits. Imagine that. How serendipitous. Yeah, isn't it though? Yeah, yeah. yeah it worked out well that way for me. Well, let's, I guess what, you know what we should probably start with, um, yeah. you know, not to make it too much of a downer, but oh. a good question that someone would ask, why is it important to have a car survival kit? Very important because uh, worst case scenario. I mean, you have to remember that there's always a chance that you're going to be stranded, stuck mm-hmm. in your car or... Um, your car is going to somehow become you know, broken down, incapacitated in some way. Sure. Um, and you may be stuck somewhere that you would rather not be with, uh, with less than what you need. Very hot, very cold. Climate. Very hot, very cold. It could yeah. be, um, well, yeah, very hot or very cold, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of any other situation. But middle really, of nowhere? Middle of nowhere is a good one yeah. because um, you, know, you just have to be ready for everything. You have to know where you're going what to prepare for um, ahead of time. And it, that's the tough part is what to prepare for because you you, mm-hmm. you have to think through all these different scenarios in your head and what could possibly happen and, and how bad could it get. And I have a couple of examples of, of just how bad it can get. And the first one's real downer. The second yeah. one I'll promise you is a little bit better. Okay. Slightly well, better. Um, let's go ahead. In 2006, uh-huh. uh, James Kim and his family were lost in the wilderness. They, it was in, this is in southern Oregon. Um, now, James Kim was the senior editor at CNET News. 
Okay. Uh, they do reviews and you know product reviews, gadgets, things like that. Yeah. Um, but he was the senior editor there, and I guess they had just spent Thanksgiving in Seattle, and they were on their way to back, you know, back to home in San Francisco. And I'm going to just kind of you know go over this pretty quickly here. There's yeah. a lot of detail, and if you want to look it up, please do. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting story. Unfortunately, tragic. We'll, we'll talk about that too. Um, so they missed a turn when they were uh, when they were leaving um, Seattle, and they again now they're in Portland, Oregon, and they got off on this on the wrong road. Um, they were trying to get onto Route Route 42, which is a main road to the coast. Mm-hmm. And instead of returning to the exit that they missed, they checked a map and they tried to pick a secondary route that went along this uh, real rugged wilderness mm-hmm. route, and. They got into this uh, this real high elevation situation there in the mountains and a lot of snow. The car became stuck in the snow and mm-hmm. they couldn't move anywhere. Oh, no. So they're stuck and they're on this road that apparently was a an unused logging road that should have been closed off. There was a, a gate that was supposed to have been closed. There's some dispute as to why it was left open, but it was left open. Right. And so they're stuck on this road that no one travels on. It's it's a I mean this is again worst case scenario here. We're talking yes. about it. And it it, the snow continues to fall. They're stuck in the car. Now this is now, this is happening on. They left um, on Saturday, November twenty fifth, in two thousand six. Now by November twenty, I'm sorry, November twenty fifth, I should say, in two thousand six. By early morning on November twenty sixth, that's when they stopped. So this is, I would assume, you know, one a.m., two a.m., whatever. Sure. They're they're on this mountain road. They can't go any farther. They're stuck. Now on December second, so we're talking. Eight days later, after they had left, eight days later, that's finally when um, James Kim decided that he had to hike out of the situation to try to find help. So there was still no, uh, there was still no contact or rescue. None at all. And in fact, within that eight days up to that point, they tried to keep warm by keeping the engine on and using the heater, but the car ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. They had to, they burned magazines and uh, just campfire uh, wood that they found. And in order to keep warm, so they're starting fire to try to stay warm in this in this situation. Now, it's I'm sorry, I don't know if you even know, I told you who was with him. It was it was James, his wife Katie, and they have two daughters, Penelope and Sabine. Mm-hmm. So these are young young girls that are with okay. them. And so there's this added tension, you know, that he's got his kids and his family with him. Right. He's got to take care of them. Right now, they're trying to burn magazines to to stay warm and. Later, they eventually ended up even burning the car's tires in order to try to signal rescuers because they figured somebody's looking for them at this wow. point. And they so, see that black smoke. Yeah, they would see the black smoke because it would leave a lot of smoke, of course. Yeah. And, and not only that, you know, there's a little bit of heat, I guess, from that that sure. they, could, they could use. So can you imagine being stuck to the point where you're burning the tires on your car no. to try to stay warm and signal somebody? That's That's horrific to me. Desperate measures. Yeah, so now here we are eight days later. He decides that it's best to leave the car to try to find help because no one's coming. And okay. eight days, no one's coming, no one's going to come. Um, he only has a ten, uh, tennis shoes, a jacket, and just light clothing is what they describe it as. Mm-hmm. So he heads out, and he thinks that the nearest town's four miles away uh, because they looked at this map and they decided that, you know, if I hike this way for four miles, and he promised that if he didn't come back that night or that day, that uh, or if he didn't find the town, he would come back that evening. Yeah. And he didn't come back. Uh, so his wife... Um, decides that two days later that she has to head out as well and you know not knowing his condition that he had he had already um he, apparently he'd already succumbed to the uh, the weather um 
he died apparently on the 4th of December, so that's two days later. And he had hiked, at that point, he had hiked 20, uh, I'm sorry, 16.2 miles away from the car at that point, and he was only a mile from a lodge that was fully stocked, which is really tragic. I mean, he had wow. gone this far, two full days out in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, his family, they, they waited two days. They started to hike as well. And a helicopter pilot that was, you know, in the area, not really part of the search party, found them, saw them on this trail, sure. picked them up and airlifted them out, got them to a hospital, and they were safe. Um, but uh, James Kim did die. He, he was, uh, uh, they, they think that he died of hypothermia, or they, they know he died of hypothermia. Um, but unfortunately, it was on the exact same day that his family was rescued. So if he had stayed with the car mm-hmm. eventually, or maybe had tried to hike with his family on that day, just by chance, they would have all been found together. So really tragic, and this terrible was, situation. And this was in 2006. Yeah. So I guess it's a lot of times when we are, uh, when we are listening to stories of people being stranded or when people hear stories about people um you know, in those kind of situations, we think of stuff like the Oregon Trail or the Donner Party. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunately, it is true that uh, these kind of accidents can happen, you know, not just in not just in a rural area in Oregon, but anywhere, anywhere in the country. That's right. I mean, here's a family in a station wagon in Mm -hmm. 2006 and just trying to get home from uh, where was it somewhere in Oregon to yeah. uh, to San Francisco and they made one wrong turn mm-hmm. terrible mistake but um, it, it it proves the point that it can and does happen so just be ready and there's there's another slightly happier one that I've got here yeah that, let's uh, go up let's sure, take sure. it up in that. Um, now this is where there's a man in West Virginia who was trapped in his car for six days and this is from uh, Christina Columbus Incorporated there's a, a okay. writer named Annette He's trapped in his car for six days after plunging 150 feet off the road into a snowy ravine. Wow. Now, he got out alive. Guess how he survived? He he survived by eating packets of taco sauce that were left over in his car hmm. uh, from the last time he went to, you know, apparently a, a Mexican food drive. Six days on packets of taco sauce? Six days he existed on packets of taco sauce. And this is just off the side of the road. This is not, I mean, yeah. 150 feet off of the off the road in a snowy ravine. But it's 150 feet down. Yeah, People that's right. And deep snow again. And cases like this, I tell you, Ben, they, they let you know that, you know, you're walking this fine line when you travel in the sure. winter. And even in the heat, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. But the winter time is especially brutal and you can be caught know unawares i guess um just at the wrong turn i mean all you have to do is make one wrong turn or skid off the road which is very possible and if no one sees that happen you can be trapped thank god that had to be mild taco sauce uh, yeah must have been i, I don't want to uh, uh yeah i'm not being, i'm guess, not being flippant i'm just no, saying that given the fact that he survived for six days on it I'm not a hot sauce fan. All right? <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. But, okay, I know but it's that's, a tangent. That's I'm pretty sorry. remarkable. I mean, just to be that able is. to exist on something that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, meek. I don't know if you want to yeah. say it that way, but meager, um, maybe meager. That's a better word. Yeah, very so, good. So here's what uh, we can do. We hope um, for our listeners. We we hope that we're getting across the point that you know not we're not trying to scare you. We are trying to point out that the stuff we're about to talk about. We're about to go into. Uh, is a good idea, and uh, Scott, you and I have done some, done some looking around, a little bit of digging. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we have a couple of lists here, and you know what, man? If you want, I'll go through some of the stuff that I have just as essentials. 
please do. Okay, and and let's and it bust me on this. Call shenanigans if I say something that's not <laughs> not essential. Well, okay, okay. I yeah, go ahead. The, I'll I'll save my one main comment for the very end. Okay, okay I, I took my uh, I took the PlayStation off this already. Uh, PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't right. expect that. Go ahead. Number yeah. one, and the, this is for any any situation, hot or cold, rural or more suburban. Um, the things that you will need if your car breaks down and you don't have immediate help. Number one, uh, some drinking water. Hmm. Right? Yeah, all agreed. Yeah, and uh, and you've got an excellent, um, got some excellent information here. Scott just turned me on to water packets. Oh yeah, you know what? Um, instead of bottled sorry, water. I'm, I'm scramble for my notes here, but there are water packets, and the the main benefit of a water packet, believe it or not, is that it will last a lot longer than bottled water. How long are we talking? Five years. Five years as compared to bottled water, which uh, the freshness or when you should rotate bottled right. water, if you give, keep it in a kit, you should rotate bottled water every six months uh, because of bacteria, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this sealed packet water, yeah, five years. And it's it's completely sealed. And they said that if, you know, if one gets punctured, it's really no big loss because they come in small enough servings or portions that, um, you know, it's not a terrible loss if, if it becomes mm-hmm. punctured. But like if you have a gallon of water and it becomes punctured, um, you know, like a milk jug gallon that you're trying to carry around, and right. good chance that's going to get punctured because it's rolling around and other things yeah. can hit it. You lose a full gallon of water. That that could keep a lot of people alive for several days. I mean, if you ration it correctly. Right. The uh, the federal uh, emergency survival sites recommend uh, planning to have one gallon of water per person per day. Oh. If it's well, at your house, I didn't. But, well, I didn't know that much. I mean, I didn't yeah. know that it was that well, much that, water. Well, that that also keep in mind, it's a little bit different in a car because in a survival situation outside of a car, that's counting water for hygienic purposes, showering and oh, okay. staying clean and stuff. Understood. This is if we're talking about just drinking water. I think you can skirt a little bit, but we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, because yeah. these these packets are only a little over four ounces each. Yeah, so you need, you need lot. lots of them. I mean, <laughs> and they do sell them by the case, and they're I think they're like forty bucks a case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, 60, 60 packets per case yeah. might be worthwhile. Might be. Might be. Depends on your situation. Especially for five years, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so next, non-perishable food, you know, dry stuff, nuts, energy bars, mm. things like that. Consistent across all lists. Yes, all lists. And we're doing stuff that's across all lists, basically. Oh, beef jerky, too. Beef jerky is a good yeah. one, um, unless you're vegetarian. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They make, I'm sure they yeah. make some tofu jerky. Um, and then a flashlight, right? Uh, this wasn't in all lists, but I think it's a good idea. Road flares or signals of some sort, mm-hmm. especially if you're stranded in the middle of the road on a dark, snowy night. Um, a blanket or a tarp, anything that can function both to provide shade in hot weather and to provide to keep your body heat in in cold weather. Good point. First aid kit. Um, jumper cables, of course. Hmm. And uh, rope, duct tape, you know, the uses are, are how. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, duct multitudes tape. of uses. Yeah, duct yeah. tape, you could do anything with yeah. that. Tool, tool kit, or at the very least, a multi purpose tool. Oh, you know what? That's I'm glad you said multi purpose tool because mm. those, uh, I mean, it's a brand name product, but uh, Leatherman is yeah. what I'm used to seeing a lot of people carry, or variations of that. Mm-hmm. And it has, you know, it's just multi tools, it has uh, pliers, screwdrivers, knives, everything fantastic tool i mean anything like that is is worthwhile to keep because it takes up very little space yep and it's uh it's it's, well, it's essential to have all that stuff with you when you're when you're who knows what situation right also uh 
a poncho is a pretty good any kind of rainproofing gear i picked a poncho because it folds up into such a small storage space hmm. and that's if you're just looking to keep rain off you if you want to stay warm you need to have uh an extra set of clothes uh and i know that you carry extra clothes with you is that right i do yeah that's, i carry two pairs of clothes that's ec- two well yeah well okay now you're making me look uh, crazy. So <laughs> you carry a suitcase? I drink. No, I have. They're in a look. They're in a <laughs> duffel bag. Sorry, I'm chuckling a little bit, but you know what? That's actually very smart of you. Well, okay. Let me don't don't uh, idealize me too much because one of those pairs of clothes, uh, it, it just looks exactly like what I would wear here to work. And I drink so much coffee that there's a very real possibility that I will spill something on myself. You carry a second tuxedo. In your car? I wear tuxedos to work, listeners, that's true. And I have a <laughs> I have a second tuxedo as well. But Scott, I have never given you a hard time about your okay, bow tie yeah, and yeah. your top hat. Yeah. Okay. So so, so you're saying <laughs> the second set of clothes, one of them, one of the two sets that you carry, yeah. which by the way I still think is a good idea. Mm. One is just for when you have that meatball sob at lunch. Right. And uh you know, the, the stray meatball rolls mm-hmm. from your uh, chin all the way down to the, you know, the tip and of And that's your before I there. knew about the food bibs. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. But um, the other set of clothes, which I guess is more relevant here, would be things like long pants, um, including gloves if you have to do any repairs, mm-hmm. and uh, some sort of jacket, or at the very least a windbreaker. Um, yeah. Also maps, uh, also uh, a crank radio of some sort. Oh. Uh, crank technology we'll get to, right? Um, also... Uh, a stash o cash, really? Yeah, I always have at least uh, at least twenty dollars, preferably in, in you know like five ones, a five and a ten. I'm a little bit over meticulous about it, but also I never use this money. Mm-hmm. It's just in a bag in my trunk in case something happens. That's a very good idea. And uh, put it all in a sturdy container, like a like a cooler, or uh, you've got one of those flexible cooler things we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, cooler makes an excellent yeah. carrier. Apparently, I'm, I've got a note here. We'll we'll talk about yeah. it in a minute. But someone uh, suggested that's what you carry your kit in as a, a cooler. And we talked today, as a matter of fact, all this stuff is in a kit that I have in my car. And we talked today, and you actually added a list of my essentials. And I'm going to take you up on it. A hand crank cell phone charger, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know those cell phone batteries die at the most inopportune times, and mm. if you're stuck. You know, you may have a car charger, right? But if you're trying to continually start your vehicle, or if you get stuck and you're you're stuck for days, and if you're um, running your vehicle for uh, heat, for heat, yeah, your battery will die, or you'll run out of gas, or both. And uh, it's always wise to have something that you know backup. And in this case, you know, I guess aside from carrying a spare battery with you, which mm-hmm. you know would only be good for a certain amount of time, anyways, yeah, you have this charger, which is a hand crank charger. And, uh, you know, as long as you can crank that charger, you've got power for your cell phone. Now, it doesn't mean you're always going to be within range because the, the Kims that we had uh, mentioned earlier, Ooh. they had a cell phone with them. They were simply out of range of the tower. They were in such a remote location that it wasn't covered. Right. And mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't help in every situation, but it, it's pretty wise to keep something like that on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you had mentioned, you mentioned a flashlight. And the problem with a flashlight is that, and it's good to keep one, don't, don't right. get me wrong. Problem with the flashlight is that the batteries can die. Yes, and well, they can and often do die. And um, there is a type of flashlight that you can use uh, that has what is it, an electromagnetic coil? Is that what I said? Yeah, the sh- the shake and shine. Yeah, the shake that's, and shine. That's what I call it. <laughs> shake and shine. I call it that. No, I, that's not the brand name. Catchy. 
It's catchy. Yeah, you should market that. I should, um, shouldn't should have announced it on the air. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, you, if you know what he's talking about, it's just yeah. a flashlight that you shake uh, this magnetic coil back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, energizes itself. I think you only have to shake it for, what like was a it? a minute, something? One minute, and you get something like 110 minutes of light out of that thing for, for one minute of shaking. Uh, so that, that would be valuable to keep. That's worth your time, yeah. Also, I was thinking that if you do have a, just a standard conventional, uh, you know, flashlight, one thing you may want to do is you may want to keep the batteries separate from the flashlight so that it doesn't Ooh, call. inadvertently be tur- you know get turned on in the yeah. kit because um, that happens. I've, I've had that happen before on a toolbox and you, know, you, you open it up and you realize that it's on still from last time or that you know just something has shifted and turned it on inadvertently and um, that's a real drag. Well, flashlight batteries are like cell phone batteries. Yeah. When you need them, they might run out. Yeah, that's true. So that's you true. can't assume. But Scott, let's. Let's see. I think we've mentioned before on the air that you actually are uh, not a native son of Detroit, but you've spent quite a while there. Yeah, like 25 years or something. Yeah, so you know about – I'm going to take a guess and say that it snowed once or twice. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I was always careful to – I was always really careful that I I packed, um, you know, an an extra hat, gloves. Mm. um, I think I even had wool socks and uh, – scarf, you know, just anything, any kind of extra heavy, heavy, uh, um, winter wear that I could keep in the trunk with me easily. And I just left it in there. I packed it in there in the fall and I took it out in the, in the spring every year. Now uh, here's something really interesting yeah. that I'm stepping over. No, you. no, go uh, ahead. Okay. I just have to interrupt because this was so interesting that, um, you said your mom always made you carry this. Yeah. What was it? It's, um, I'm asking, I guess what? I'm asking you, I'm quizzing you. You said specifically, and I thought it was strange at first. You're stumping me. Did I I'm tell stumped, you this? Yes. What, what, a I, candle. Oh, a candle. You know what? You're right. Because she always also told me to keep the uh, the hat and gloves and all that. And I was, That's confusing. I was, I'm sorry. I was diligent about that. That's yeah. okay. That You know what? She's. You're exactly right. I had to keep a candle in my glove box all the time. And you know what? I Now that I know this part of it I'll, t- I'll tell you yeah so i can clue you in too but um a long time ago i'd heard that a candle would keep you alive if you were stuck overnight in your car it would it mm-hmm. was just enough to keep you alive you'll be freezing but it will keep the the interior of your car warm enough uh, you know just a regular candle i mean just a, a typical kitchen candle or whatever you want to call it right that will keep the interior of your car warm enough to stay alive overnight um and i I always kept one. I never questioned it. You know, you have to have waterproof matches along right. with that so that, you know, you're sure that they're going to work or lighter. Sure. And, um, well, waterproof matches is what I kept in a little little container. And I guess I needed to keep a mason jar or something like that, you know, a, a jar that you know, could have held that candle. Oh, I never I yeah. never thought through it enough to, to think about that. I guess <laughs> you were I just going to hold it? Well, I could have held it and, you know, melted some wax on the dash and sure. put it on the dash. But sure. um, I guess I needed to have a, a mason jar because that's the preferred method i guess mm-hmm. now now that i'm reading this but i always did have a candle and matches with me and and so this okay so as somebody who is from the south when scott uh first told me this i thought that's so strange yeah what a different world my podcast partner is from <laughs> the world of candles the in the winter frozen world and let's you know what uh let's go to the hot weather because this one i don't know about you man i had a little bit of a difficult time with this uh, with the heat with with trying to trying to create a an ideal survival kit for a car in the desert Uh, i came up with just a couple of things um and you know you probably have a much better list than i do but i I thought i thought number one extra water yeah 
um, just because you'll you'll become dehydrated so quickly. Yeah. At least out in the U.S. where it's hot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number two, uh, extra coolant, hmm. because what's the main problem mechanically for a vehicle that's traveling for a long distance in the desert? Overheat. Right. Overheat, of course. So you're you're right on target with that stuff. Oh, Any, good. Anything else, or do you uh, have... I put I put shade. Shade. Yeah. You know was, what? Your the... poncho can come in handy for shade. Oh, good call. And um, you know the duct tape. Mm-hmm. You could use that to kind of fashion something with, uh, you know, if you found sticks or whatever. You could you could make a temporary shelter or something like that. Just you MacGyver could, up something. Yeah, you could. You could. Okay. Um, now, because you, you don't want to stay in the car because it will become 200 degrees quickly. Be an oven, um, yeah. yeah, you need to get out, but you also need shade. So mm-hmm. uh, that's important. Now, I've also heard um, umbrellas. You might want to carry an umbrella because an umbrella collapses very small okay. um, in most cases, and it's easy to carry, and it provides shade. Oh, as portable shade, yeah. not as, okay. more than just a hat would. You know, a hat yeah. would be important as well to keep some, you know, the sun off of your face and head and neck if you can, if you have a, something with a brim. Definitely. Um, but a an umbrella would be very helpful because it keep more sun off of you, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, and then the last thing, now this one's from AAA. Uh-huh. Um, they, they say to keep a small cooler with bottled water and ice packs on hand, but that's very specific. If you're going to make one trip across, mm-hmm. you know you're going to go across uh, Death Valley, and yeah. you, you know you want to pack all this stuff and make sure you have ice packs and everything with you, but uh, you can't keep that on hand all the time, of course. You can't keep replenishing that. It's just impossible, really, to keep no, up with. No, I can't do that. No, no. But um, So anyways, I, I think for different regions, now the hot environment, it's a little different. I think... Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I think it's it's harder to survive in the wintertime. We we talked about this right. beforehand, and, I mean, both are difficult, sure, but mm-hmm. um, trying to stave off that cold is, is really, really tough. I mean, because you can succumb to hypothermia or um, frostbite. Yeah. Um, you can asphyxiate yourself in the car inadvertently if you leave the car running and you don't realize that exhaust fumes are coming in. You know, if the car's tailpipe is blocked or if you've got oh, windows okay. open yeah. try, you know you have to keep fresh air coming into the car too so you have to crack the windows and if you're running the car with cracked windows and you've you know the, the yeah. exhaust has nowhere to go it's going to go in there it's going to go in the car and you need to be real careful of that you know what scott i see what you're saying but although i agree with you about cold weather perhaps being more dangerous on an absolute level the reason i'm going to agree with you is because the snow impedes transportation you know for other people who would happen by and see you and um, True. I guess our, our listeners should probably also know, um, guys, Scott and I are both uh, former Boy Scouts, which is why we might sound a little bit obsessive <laughs> about preparing for stuff. Be um, prepared. Yeah. And a lot of people would wonder, you know, when we were looking into this, a lot of uh, people on the Internet were asking, uh, you know, what should I pack and for how long? Kind of looking for a silver bullet. Yeah. You know, and it's not just a matter of what should you pack and for how long, but that's that's important. You need to think about right, that. Right, right. And you also need to consider, and I, I really hadn't considered this much, you need to consider the number of people that are potentially going to be in the car with you. Sure. What if, what if you're stuck with four people like the Kims were? Yeah. Uh, what if you're stuck with even more? What if you have a van and you're mm-hmm. stuck with eight people in the car or ten? Yeah. Um, it could just be you. That may happen. <laughs> right. But, but what, what about the ages of people, too? What if you have uh, someone who's elderly with you or if you have a baby with you yeah. and the baby can't eat solid food? You need to think about things like this. If you're mm-hmm. a father or mother and you're packing a kit for your car for this uh, survival, this potential survival situation, sure. you need to consider that, you know, you're going to have these kids that can't, you know, they maybe need formula, they need diapers. Mm-hmm. Pack that stuff in there as well. I know you carry your diaper bag or whatever with you, but you, you chances are you're not packing enough for, um, you know, four, five, six days or a week even. Right. Um, 
consider all those ages and, and what they need. Also, another thing that I, again, hadn't thought of this, pets. If you're going to have your pet with you, oh, yeah. um, consider the pet as another person, another another water ration, another food ration, mm-hmm. if not their own food, if they don't have, uh, if you don't have dog food packed away or cat food packed away. Um, they'll be thrilled about the beef jerky, probably. <laughs> yeah. You know, they'll make the best of the situation, yeah, I'm sure. Right. But, um, yeah, consider, consider that you're going to have pets with you. And, and again, you know, they need water just like you do. Mm-hmm. So um, consider that as another ration of water that you, you need to have. You know, Scott, I read somewhere that the best, the, the best rule of thumb for what people would call a, a survival kit or a go bag or whatever mm-hmm. would be um, about for uh, 72 hours. Hmm. Because if you have people that are expecting to meet you at the end of your trip, you know, surely after a day or two, definitely after two days, they'll be trying to figure out where you're at. I would hope earlier than that. Um, if if you did tell them, you know, I'm going to be here on this day at this mm-hmm. time, especially if you're going to arrive at their place, not just like I'm headed here and, you know, maybe you'll talk to them later in the week. That's, a, that's a different through. situation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, that's, you know, what, I'm glad you said that because that's really key is that you need to let someone wor- know where you're going mm-hmm. and roughly when you'll be there, you know, when to expect you or, you know, whatever. That helps in that, you know, if you don't show up at that time, they know that somewhere between your home or wherever you're starting from and wherever you're supposed to be getting to, you're, you're lost in there. And if they can't contact you, I mean, that's that's important. And that's is that the big point we're saving? Uh, you know what? I, I think it kind of is. I, I mean, it's important, you know, that, that you understand that and they also understand that for, for the most case, you're better off to stay with the vehicle. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Most cases. I don't want to say that in every case because there's there's variations on this. Sure. Unbelievable variations on but this. Usually. But usually. Usually it's better to stay with the vehicle. Someone will find you or, you know, you, you signal somebody. If you've got one of these kits, you can you can maintain. You can stay mm-hmm. where you are. Um, in the case, that, you know, you don't want to head out across the wilderness and, and walk like uh, um, Mr. Kim did and uh, end up freezing to death. Right. But... At the same time, you know, if, if it's eight days into it and you're thinking no one's going to come by this road, i got to mm. do something, there's always that situation too. So, um, I don't know, it, it's really a judgment call when you get into that position. Not to sound too Boy Scoutish, but mm-hmm. be prepared, I think. Be does. prepared. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the best thing to, to remember. Watch this segue. Are you ready for this segue? Ready. I prepared for some listener mail. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Maxwell writes in, and he is a 13-year-old listener from Washington State. Uh, He said he enjoys listening to the podcast, Scott. I thought you'd like that. Of course. Um, (laughs) He also said in our earlier podcast on how police chases work that we say the pit maneuver stands for pursuit intervention technique. And Maxwell said this can be true, but not all departments use the same words for those letters. Uh, For other places, they might call it pursuit immobilization technique or police intervention technique or police immobilization technique. So that acronym is kind of flexible. Okay, so there's stands for a great variety of things across uh, a lot of different states, right? Yes. Okay. And, and he pointed out also that when we said, um, or earlier, I think you said that police restrict where they can pursue a violator. Yes. He said that where he lives, um, the police department does have a no pursuit policy and that he thinks this has really helped keep innocent people safe. Uh, you know what? I'm sure that he's right. Um, I don't know how many pursuits are going on there, but uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I don't know. But um He's probably right. I bet it's keeping people safe because um, a lot of times it's just far too dangerous. I mean, you can, they know. They, yeah. They make a, a qualified judgment. I'm sure. Yeah. 
I, I enjoyed that podcast, by the way, that, uh, that police chase. Podcast. That was a lot of fun, mainly because neither of us have been in a police chase. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that still stands true. To this day. Well, at least I can speak from my side. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I got a wild weekend coming up, but I'm going to try to stay at home. For now, neither of us have been in a police chase. And uh, for our listeners, again, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast on car survival kits. Is there anything we missed? Is there anything that you would add to a car survival kit? If so, please write in and tell us at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually one billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com.